1: What's going on, Notre Dame fans? Mike Singer and Tim Hyde here from Blue and Gold. We are back with our Wednesday night live show. Hope you guys had a happy holiday and Merry Christmas. Joey asks right off the bat, how was your Christmas? I will say mine was amazing, uh, but I am happy to be right in this chair in my home and uh, not so much with the in-laws. Do love the in-laws, I will say, if they're watching this. But uh, yeah, it was a good few days. Tim, uh, how, did you brave the elements? You you've been
0: hanging in there? Yeah, it's crazy, crazy. I know we we were texting yesterday. Literally five, uh, we got five inches of rain, slush, whatever you want to say on Friday. Fifty degrees. We were part of that national weather where it. I mean, we literally dropped forty five degrees within a couple hours, and everything just froze. Had to had to come over to the mother in law's house, reboot the internet after five full days. She didn't know what to do, so she had to go back to playing, you know, some uh, cards and doing some puzzles. But I got her up and running. YouTube TV's happening, and she's fired up. So life is good after a very, very cold, which I know most of America had uh, over the Christmas uh, weekend. It was wild.
1: Yeah, yeah. So Tim's up in the the Massachusetts area. I'm, you know, I live in Atlanta, and it was 12 degrees here um you know which is is very cold for atlanta and but i was in the clearwater tampa area for uh, christmas and you know it was in the you know 40s which is like you know, that's, that's pretty that's about of the lows that gets down in, in central florida so uh yeah definitely uh, appreciate the super chat joey and uh, all the support yeah please do like joey says um uh give um this video a thumbs up for watching on youtube uh, if you're with us live or watching back, that is always appreciated. And he also said, yeah, ready to chit-chat. Hashtag team chit-chat. We'll talk Sam Hartman in this show. Um, we're, We'll talk Gator Bowl. And I uh, want to start off with some recruiting topics. Um, Just last week, Notre Dame signed uh, the number eight class uh, in the country per the On 3 consensus. Here's something, Tim, that I did find interesting Um Notre Dame's class score is 92.65. Yep. So basically what that means is there is a rolling average of 20 commitments taken into account of the on three consensus team rankings. Just bear with me. So Alabama has 28 commitments. They have the number one class in the country, but only the top 20 of those players are counted towards the ranking. Cause that's the average number of commits um, for all, all Power Five mm-hmm. schools, um, so Alabama's average rating. So this is rating per recruit. So like a five star is like a ninety eight or ninety five or something, and then your low end four star, I think, is like an eighty eight or eighty nine. I'm not hundred percent sure, but their average rating per recruit is ninety three. But when you only count the top twenty, their score is ninety six point two three four. So that's 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 obviously very interesting. For Notre Dame um last year their score was 92.59 so even though notre dame signed the eight number eight class this year it's actually 0.05 points better than the last year's class which was number six in the country so on paper per this metric they did sign a very 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 slightly better class but it is two slots worse than the
0: national ring does that make sense tim oh a thousand percent it- Yeah, I know last week we were talking with Goolsby. It's like, you know, we get so hung up in these rankings, like, oh, who's two, who's five, who's six. The the margin between some of these is so minuscule. You might as well, I mean, it's, you got the big two and then the next 10 is basically what it looks like in a lot of these cases, which is fine. So when you got Notre Dame being eight to six last year, it's basically the same class. It's more, but it's actually better because they have more blue chips this year. And, you know, and on top of that, a little a little Tim Hyde research I did was the last, going back to last two years, I saw a little bit of your interview with Darren, where you were talking about going back 10 years, Notre Dame back-to-back classes. It's like, no, I mean, Notre Dame, people don't realize it, you know, once again, you look at the class rankings too much, but when you look at blue chip ratings over the last two years with Marcus Freeman, you have Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Notre Dame, the only four programs that hit back-to-back years over 70%. And 70% is the elite threshold, like elite of the elite. The only four programs have hit that the last two seasons. So when you look at that, it's it's been an unbelievable two years. Have they missed? Of course they have. But so is these other programs. It doesn't seem like it, right? That Alabama's missed, but they've had a few. And it's gone on and on and on with multiple programs, but when you sit back a week later, and that's what I kind of was doing today, it's a hell of a football class that they signed last uh, last Wednesday, I, I believe All right, folks, please do hit that
1: thumbs up. Uh, if you drop super chats, we'll get to your um your your comments as, as soon as possible. but i I ha- when I was driving to Florida last week, I had this idea of an exercise that we could do about this class, Tim. This is either going to be a fantastic segment or it's going to be absolutely terrible. The a key to this segment we're about to do is the live chat. So if you're listening back on podcast, this doesn't include you. If you're watching back on YouTube, um, feel free to you know comment. But th- we really need the live chat interaction for this. What I want to do is go through all 24 recruits Notre Dame assigned. And let's look at which – because we can talk about rankings. Oh, this guy's a three-star. This guy's a five-star. Which players did Notre Dame sign that were really wanted by other schools? That is subjective, right? When you say who wanted, I, I, Tim and I in the chat, we are going to be the rulers on this for who is wanted, right? Like which? So I I think first, Tim, we need to establish who the power, who are the powerhouse programs. In the country. So for so if we start off with Charles Jagasaw and we look at his offer list, and remember, some players are going to have a really gaudy offer list, right? But maybe not all those schools were really after that commitment when push came to shove. Yeah. But who would – so who are we putting in this powerhouse criteria, right?
0: You start with mm-hmm. some schools, Tim. Yeah, when you say power, well, obviously the big two, you know, the big three, if you want to say that, right? Ohio State, Alabama, and um, Georgia, definitely the big three. I hate this. I'm, I'm not going to say it, Mike. I'm not going to say it, but somebody in a city with the initials AA. I'm Are not gonna we putting it. Michigan? See, powerhouse is so interesting because
1: it's like – because if you put Michigan in there, I'm going to want to put Notre Dame. You know, it's like, so are we talking just teams that have won national championships? Again, oh, it's, this, this is a very subjective thing that we're doing here. Well,
0: they beat Ohio State two years in a row. They beat Ohio State and Columbus. They've gone playoff back-to-back. So we're going to put Michigan in there. I I, I would just – I mean, they've been back-to-back playoffs. Notre Dame's definitely because they've been to the playoffs twice, right, in the last, what is it, five years, whatever you want to say. All right, Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan, Oklahoma? Sure.
1: Because it's easy to win there, I would say Oklahoma. Put Notre Dame in there, can we agree? Notre yeah. Dame's a powerhouse. Sure. Chat, you guys, let me know.
0: I would definitely see Wolf. No Michigan. They got a lot. Uh, we're going to put Michigan in there. I mean, back to, I really back, to back Big Ten titles, back to back playoff burst, and they beat Ohio State, who is undefeated, number two in the country. They beat him in Columbus. Right. They,
1: Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan, Oklahoma, Notre Dame.
0: You got go to go the school where uh, Brian Kelly went. I mean, they won multiple national championships. You to put LSU in there? Yeah, I I would because that's once again a program. I mean, three head coaches, three national championships. Yeah. On. Jeremy Plumson. says Clemson a powerhouse. So I think we got to oh. drop Clemson in there. Oh God, right, yeah. I mean, yes. Davo Sweeney, most definitely. All right.
1: This is the official. This is your official list right well, here. You listen, got me, who
0: else is out there? It's you got like, me
1: testing the pen, and no. um, so you let me know who else. This is this is great stuff right here: Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan, what? Oklahoma, Notre Dame, LSU, Clemson. Please ignore my serial killer handwriting.
0: I would, put, yeah, I would. I mean, obviously, I'm a big Notre Dame guy, so I always, I always think of USC being a Los Angeles guy. I know they've been down, but nope, no USC. If we're yeah, if we're going the last five years, of course not a powerhouse. Yeah, house. yeah, I would say that. Yeah, uh, yeah, I would say about last five five years. Four, yeah, that's four fair years enough. So. That's fair enough. Um, I'm not yeah. See, I'm starting to think Pac-10, Washington, Oregon. Yeah, a couple I mean, people saying USC in the chat. I, I, <sighs> it's tough because SC with the right coach never loses. I mean, they they win when you get the right coach in there. They they produce and win. No, I wouldn't say Oregon's a powerhouse. I think Oregon's a regional school. That has a lot of Nike money. I don't think they're a national school to go out and get people. When you think powerhouse in the SEC, instantly you go to the Big Three, which is obviously LSU, Alabama, and Georgia. I consider LSU because the last three head coaches there have won national championships. Utah is not a powerhouse. Utah, I don't know. Oregon. As Utah. I pull up the the trusty Wikipedia, but or I mean, you could put. I would put Oregon in the top fifteen of national programs. Just because, yeah. you know, they've been in the playoffs. They've been in some, you know, the big bowls over the years, you know, played for two national championships, you know, with, um, you know, when they had Marcus Mariota and then the Chip Kelly year. So I'm going to say definitely no to USC, but Oregon,
1: I, I can, I can, I can listen to an argument. I can listen to an I'm dropping year air in the chat. Where are you? So you say,
0: you say no. I would say no, as far as when I think of a powerhouse program, um, I would say, I mean, they didn't look like one when they played right. We got four
1: straight nays, so
0: this right. is right. our official list. Right. Right. Alabama, Ohio
1: State, Georgia, Michigan, Oklahoma, Notre Dame, LSU, Clemson.
0: So no Texas. Texas is just name only, right? How's that? Texas is a name only, not a powerhouse right now. For right now. See, this no. is – Because is, once I'd again, like you start, thinking, blue bloods. You start yeah. thinking the traditional power brokers of college football.
1: So um, what are your standards for powerhouse? I, I are kind of thinking about your wins, like what have you done for me lately the past few years? That's but awesome. it's just tough because your players on the West Coast, you know, like your Rico Flores and Cooper Flanagan's, like mainly West Coast offers. So it's like, but they they have
0: the powerhouses of the West Coast. Yeah, this can change, as Joey said. I don't know if he Texas. Years. Yeah, uh, I look like if if Notre Dame's gonna co- is gonna be a consistent player in Texas, I think you know, we have to look at is Texas recruiting those guys. I think that's a a big thing to go into Texas. So if you get Jaden Gray in the house, who obviously Texas wanted, so I guess more of a regional thing. If this is a region, oh, my
1: experiment is already falling apart, Tim.
0: All right, no, I, I like this. I, is still going to be fun. I, I do. Like it. I do like it. All right, yeah, And the Brian says right here, the Blue Bloods are different from powerhouses, without a doubt. Yeah,
1: so Blue Bloods okay. is more of your traditional powerhouses, maybe. What have you done for me lately?
0: And that's yeah. why I mentioned SC. You know
1: what, John? I, it is. It's very vague. And it's very subjective. I don't know what you oh, want me to Auburn do. Auburn
0: over Michigan? No. Come on.
1: All right. So we'll start. BC says, don't look back. Look at now. Yes to USC. No to USC. Sorry, BC. I mean, what have they done? I mean, they haven't made a playoff. They piss down their leg every time they get a chance to. So I'm going to say no. But thank you for the Super Chat. So Charles Jaggy Saw pretty much was down to Notre Dame and Michigan, right? Yes. So we're putting Jaggy Saw in this experiment of who did the powerhouse programs really want. We're putting Jaggy Saw in there.
0: Oh, I would definitely say that.
1: Jeremiah love I was told today to was it no was it today it was Texas a m and Georgia were after him yeah we're after him late we knew about I had already reported on am I did not know Georgia was going after Jeremiah love late after he'd already committed to Notre Dame so we're putting Jay love I would definitely yes and plus Michigan was always rumored to be flipping him right yep um That was bull, but they were after him before he committed to Notre Dame for sure. Sure. They had no shot there at the end.
0: Okay. Drake Bowen. God, he committed committed so long. He committed so early. It was a Clemson, but wasn't it a Clemson, Notre Dame, Auburn final three? Yeah. If I remember right.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, Michigan
0: was after him. See, the thing is,
1: there's going to be a lot of players we're going to say yes to just because of Michigan being on there because Michigan wanted all of Notre Dame's players.
0: Yeah, Whereas exactly. I
1: don't believe Notre Dame offered a single Michigan signee. But between Ohio, St- I mean, Clemson, obviously, Clemson I mean, all these schools. Yeah,
0: yeah, Clemson was a, I think they're final two because it was baseball. It was a combination of both, correct? Yeah.
1: Christian Gray had a final four of Ohio State, LSU, USC, Notre Dame.
0: Yes, that's a, that's a powerhouse corner right there. All right, so we got Christian Gray.
1: This one's going to be interesting. <laughs> Here we go. I would,
0: I mean, if I go back to his recruiting. Not, no, for podcast audience, Notre-
1: we're, talking, we're talking Braylon James. Yeah,
0: Braylon James. I thought it was always a Stanford, Notre Dame, TCU. Not any of the tradition, not not any of the big powers, correct? Yeah. And we're you know, and I'm a big the the one of the great features of on three is the the visits. They do a really good job at visits. And I don't know what powerhouses he visited uh, as he got close. You know, I haven't looked at his profile, so yeah. But, no but I just remember it was always a TCU or I thought they had to pry him away from Stanford. He was silent to Stanford was yeah. uh, the.
1: So I would early say
0: that the, the powers that be, you know, we're not like banging on his door.
1: Okay. All right. I, I'm in agreement with you. So no one okay. Braylon James. Still a fine freaking player. We're, yeah. we're not saying, oh, because of that. We're, I, I just thought this was interesting.
0: I thought oh, I this was be I interesting. Cool. Brennan
1: Vernon's cool. a hell yes.
0: Yeah, because they got him away from Buckeye land. And he just turned off his phone, right?
1: Jaden Osberry is a hell yes. LSU. LSU. Jaden Greathouse, final four,
0: Notre Dame, Texas, South Carolina, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. And he yeah, and he, yeah, didn't he take an unofficial to Oklahoma again? After he committed. No, he never did, right? Okay. I don't think so. Micah Bell. I, uh, Georgia? Georgia offered him
1: late. Oh, offered him late. Yeah, tried to get him to flip. With I was going to say, I couldn't remember where LSU kind of stood with him. But, yeah, but he
0: was not in the big dogs, weren't on him, right? It was like Notre Dame and Harvard, right? <laughs> it was it was not a big list uh, like with the traditional yeah hours. But yeah, Georgia was late, late. So we're going to say Bubakar Traore is no. I would say no because he was a B. I know Michigan. Michigan, but, but that was – yeah, but but was he even looking at them? He was a BC commit, so he wasn't really looking at Michigan, was he? I I'm not saying I know all the be all with him, so I I'm not sure. I think uh, when they flipped him, he was pretty solid, right? To be at that's the kind time, of yeah, right I there.
1: I would say no. I I'm gonna lean no on boot traders. Know. Sullivan Absher is a yes. Because Clemson, Clemson, yes. Again, folks, if you're just joining us, Tim and I are going through an exercise of. The powerhouse programs who, just by our criteria on the spot, we came up with Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan, Oklahoma. I I put Notre Dame, but obviously all these guys have offered some Notre Dame, so they don't count for this. Otherwise, they'd all be, you know, targeted by a powerhouse program, LSU and Clemson. And so far, the players who we have identified as another powerhouse, all of these programs are national title contenders uh, on a given year. Charles Jagasaw, Jeremiah Love, Drake Bowen, Christian Gray, Brendan Vernon, J- Jaden Osprey, Jaden Greathouse, Micah Bell, Sullivan Absher. Kenny Minchie.
0: I mean, he committed to Pitt, and he was a Pitt guy until he called up Notre Dame says, you still got a spot, right? Yeah. That's kind of how that went. You know, and so, you never heard too much about him with the other schools recruiting him. Yeah, so Kenny he-
1: Minchie is going to be a no on this list. Rico Flores, I know he had
0: that amazing offer list, but... No, he did take an official to Georgia, but was Georgia... And I think Ohio State was always full, so they were never... he took an official to Georgia. Okay, maybe... I thought he did. At least per per this,
1: he didn't. I want to say... Yeah, he's supposed to take a couple officials, but they got canceled. Oh, it was all the
0: yes, yes, that's what it was. Yeah,
1: I, when I was thinking about this, him and James were the tough ones that I, I wasn't sure where they were going to go.
0: Me personally, I would say no on Rico, just because Ohio State didn't push push for him at the end when they were loading up with their guys, right? And Georgia yeah. was always Georgia was going to get who they wanted. It seemed like. So Devin
1: Houston is a is
0: in Michigan. Is he in yeah, Michigan?
1: His brother played in Michigan, Michigan, wanted him.
0: we're throwing him on this list? God, that's crazy if we're just with Michigan, right? It's <laughs> I cool. It feels weird just definitely- by saying the one program. But we did it with Jaden Greathouse in Oklahoma. Yeah, that's fine. With Houston. I mean, Mich- I mean, believe me, if Michigan could have gotten him, they would have gotten him. And the next guy is a definite yes, because Nick Saban recruited the heck out of Cooper Yeah, that's Flanagan. Cooper, yeah. Cooper Flanagan. Without a doubt.
1: Brandon Hillman. I mean, Oklahoma offered him U.S. I
0: bet not on the list, but I don't know. I would say, I would say no. Okay. I mean, that's just my take, you know. Unless uh, I mean, I'm not. Who else was really on him? You know, I know it became a hot name after a while, but yeah. I mean, where did he take his official? The Notre Dame, and then that was kind of I think the UNC. I remember you reported he just visited because it's local, right? Yeah,
1: it was like a. Yeah, the Notre Dame – or he took an official Kentucky, I think.
0: Oh, okay. That you was know, it. Okay. I would say no. Yeah. I would probably put
1: Ben Minnick no as well. I know Oklahoma had offered him, but it just didn't seem too
0: serious. Like Oklahoma offers a lot of bodies. So – All right. Adon- Here's the other thing. Next year, whenever we do this again, it's like I'm a big believer in visits. If you don't visit, how official is that? You know, that's, that's one of those next little criteria yeah. that yeah. – we'll.
1: That will adjust. If That's Tennessee nice. ends up making it into this group, it's gonna be tough because they offer everybody. Tennessee That's is like known for offering everybody. So was, Adon Schuler had that was Alabama.
0: Old miss. miss with Ed Ogeron when yeah. you're at like 750 offers. He just offered everyone in America.
1: Adon Schuler had Alabama, Georgia, and then Ohio State offered him late.
0: So I'm gonna say yes to him. I would say yes because teams kept calling him. They kept calling him.
1: Yeah. Joe Otting would be a no. I'm Sam Pendleton. Now, when
0: Pendleton, his, you know, Clemson and Michigan were in his final four, correct? Was Clemson or am I, I believe I thinking
1: of so. Sullivan? I think. Oh, see, I want to say Clemson, maybe, kind of tailed off, but Michigan was always in
0: on him. Yeah, it was Michigan. I was thinking of Sullivan after when I think of Pendleton. So, I I, I think we we put Pendleton in there. I would because once again, Michigan, Michigan, when it went toe to toe and got him, you know.
1: Um, same reason. I Michigan is really adding up this list. Zinter Preston well, they offered Zinter. like
0: eighteen guys, didn't they? Eighteen commits or something. So. Sounds like
1: an article I need to write soon. Uh Preston Zinter. Um, I mean, he had a lot of the big boys on his offer sheet: Georgia, LSU, Ohio State. Oh, yeah. But yeah. of this group, I think this was like the final four: Notre Dame, BC, Penn State, and
0: Michigan. I'll tell you what, he is. I know you wrote a super uh, superlatives of all, this kid, man, I've gone, I've got, I don't know, for some reason, me has got me intrigued. I went and found out, found a few like full games on YouTube. And how, I would love to know how in the heck he's a three star because this kid is such an amazing athlete, an athlete, wide receiver, tight end, DN, middle linebacker, unbelievable skills. So that's my, 30 second commercial on Preston's inter. I am really – is he an early enrollee he's gonna be my yes he's, he's gonna be my spring guy I want to watch just because I just the more now I've I've watched his senior film god I love this kid man he is a damn good football player
1: he is an early enrollee so. okay
0: he's long I know Gooseby talked about his length he he really is so thumbs up to him and
1: then uh, the final three, Chris, Tarek, Caleb Smith, and Armel Mukum are all no's. No's. So, 3, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, wait, yeah. yeah, 14 of Notre Dame's 24 signees we are saying were really pursued by other powerhouse national championship, you know, programs in the national championship picture year in, year out um that's that's pretty darn good
0: Tim that's a good that's a good group right there yeah it's a good group I know half of them are Michigan guys and people don't want to count them but you got to count them the but hey but it. now
1: that we're counting it now now we like that because we didn't have Michigan on there it might be like eight so
0: that'd be a little bit lower it def- definitely be a bit lower but then you also go a guy like Chris Tarek who is you know who recruited him one of the O-line use of America in Wisconsin, you know, you start looking at those types of criterias for a guy, you know, Caleb Smith, I know he was Texas tech who slings it more than the big 12. So, you know, you start looking at little criterias like that if you want to dive deeper in the data with some of these guys, but no, it goes back to my point. I think it's a hell of a signing class and uh, coach Freeman and his entire staff did a great job. I mean, they got so many early commitments and I love that Freeman quote in his press conference. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, he was talking about hey it's harder to decommit so get committed and keep these guys keep them in the fray and you just keep pounding them that notre dame love the longer and longer and longer so i like that philosophy i think it's a it's one that works I, I i think it's a
1: great point that it's harder to get them to right it's harder for the kids to decommit than it is to commit right yeah. so while irish fans are like They look at it as glass half-empty, oh, Dante Moore, Keon Keeley, Peyton Bowen, lost those guys, Justin Rett. But if Notre Dame didn't recruit this way, maybe they don't not only get the commitments or silent commitments from those guys, but you you got to look at who they did get and signed because of this, pushing hard for those commitments. You know, maybe if they're not aggressive, maybe they don't even get Jayden Greathouse to commit or Braylon James. Maybe he's out at TCU or Stanford right now. So um, some things um, to think about.
0: Um, and, um, and real quick on that, it's like, you know, and, and the guy you do lose, like Rhett. It's like, would you rather have Rhett or Micah Bell? I mean, would you want Rhett or Micah Bell Speed who can do multiple things on the football field? Those are sometimes, you know, you lose someone. I'll take Mike Bell, the guy who runs the speed that he has over Rhett any day. So, you know, you lose some things happen, and then how many times, Mike, have you been saying on the message board? How many guys have noted? How many players did Notre Dame flip? Seven, six, six, seven players this year. Multiple football players, yeah. damn good football players. So, yeah, you know, sometimes what goes around comes around, and Notre Dame ended up getting their fair share as well.
1: Yeah. Covering recruiting can be stressful, folks. So uh, that's why uh, sometimes, you know, we just, after a full day of following college football recruiting, maybe you just need to uh, get into some um, rogueshop.com products. So uh, they are sponsors um, for our Notre Dame football show, Pot Like a Champion. Um, definitely appreciate these folks. Um, Mr. Rogan and his wife, Char, specialize in small batch sustainable plant medicine, a true holistic type Of small business. They farm everything themselves and grow it by hand. Um, Products, folks, that will give you um, euphoria, um, but really so much more. Products um, that have been known to help with stress, anxiety, chronic pain, insomnia. Their goal is holistic healing, making your life better if you suffer from stress, insomnia, reducing inflammation, anxiety, mood disorders. They have topicals, um, that are great for pain in specific areas. So, uh, folks, definitely head to RogueShop.com. Use promo code Blue and Gold. That is the word Blue, word and and word Gold. Throw it in, you get ten percent off your order uh, when you write as many articles as I do and uh, produce as many YouTube videos. Um, you don't get as much sleep. So when you do, and that sleep cycle comes, you want to make sure you fall asleep and stay asleep. Again, folks, promo code. Um, is blue and gold to get you 10% off your order. Rogueshop.com, Indiana's place for legal CBD, THC, and so much more. All right, Mr. Hyde, wanted to move into talking about um, a really interesting preferred walk-on get for Notre Dame. Now, not often do we take precious real estate on this show talking about a walk-on, but uh, this young man... Is as good as they get. I mean, if we're talking preferred walk-ons, if we were to rank them, th- this is this is the five-star. Because yeah. you just don't get preferred walk-ons who have offers from Oregon State, Utah, Washington State, Wyoming, and Colorado State. This is a guy who in some years, Tim, if Notre Dame were to offer him a scholarship and he would have committed, you wouldn't have thought a whole lot about it, right? And yeah. you get him as a preferred walk-on, what, what, what do you think about this kid?
0: Well, yeah, as soon as you posted that, I you know, saw people chatting about him, and I jumped on this film. He's the one thing I, I've said a thousand times: you can't coach height, man. And he's got height. This guy he's is tall. Huge. He's tall, long. <clears throat> Excuse me. He's a damn good athlete. He really is an athletic kid. He plays multiple positions. I was blown away because I had no idea what to expect. Because I know every time there's a walk on. You know, you know, you guys always post about him and, you know, let the fans know who's coming to Notre Dame and whatnot. And I'm watching this film. I was like, well, this guy's getting a scholarship in August. I mean, it's a no brainer. He's not paying anything. He's going to get this guy will be on scholarship August 10th. He is a damn good football player. It's bold. And um, well, I'm just saying let's say Notre Dame's got 84. OK, so uh, he's, he's good because this guy's going to be playing football somewhere for them, uh, you know, as a redshirt freshman, sophomore, you know, by that second, third year. Expect him special teams somewhere. He is a very good high school football player.
1: Yeah, obviously, he's not playing against great competition in Wyoming. Um, I, I wish the yep. late great Lou Samoji Ruth was with, with us to tell us Notre Dame's history in, in Wyoming. But uh, I, I don't, I, he's listed as a safety. Yeah. I don't really care for that. He, you know, he's listed at 6'3, 185 pounds. He just needs to be close to the football, you know, like he is coming up here near the box. He's- Reading and reacting, and laying the wood and forcing a fumble.
0: Uh, he's he's a rover. He's going to be one of those long rover in the box nickel linebackers, whatever you want to call them and whatnot. I I wouldn't be surprised if he gains a bunch of weight and he's just a, in the box type of a guy. You know, I could see him being six three, two ten, two fifteen someday, playing down there. Uh, you know, that's 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 what I think. I don't know if he's going to be a deep deep safety. He's impressive. Oh, he is. He's violent. He's physical. He's uh, <laughs> he's got no fear. He's fun to watch. He he really is. That's why I'm saying he's going to be a scholarship player, and he's going to be playing on Saturday somewhere on a special team. We will, you know, we will definitely hear about him.
1: Yeah, Luke Talik from Cody, Wyoming, um, wanted to spend a few minutes talking about him. It's a pretty strong preferred walk-on class. Um, they also got uh, Henry Garrity, a tight end, um, from Michigan who is the son of former Notre Dame Hooper, uh, Pat Garrity, of course. um, Someone who grew up an Orlando Magic fan, um, very familiar with with Pat Garrity. um, And uh, Notre Dame still also might get Ryan Mooney, um, a speedy, young-to-the-game-of-football wide receiver. Um, also from the state of Michigan, someone who uh, just started playing football this year and is really impressed. He um, is. He's got power five offers um, and, uh, you know, preferred walk on um, options as well at Notre Dame and Michigan. So pretty, pretty strong preferred walk on class. Any other thoughts on on Luke before we move on?
0: No, I just I mean, he's, I mean it just goes back to his offers. I mean, he's, you got teams compete for the Pac-12 championship. Wanting him. You got Oregon who beat SC twice this year, so they wanted him. They recruited the heck out of Notre Dame. Uh, you know, recruited that really good Oregon kid last. Uh, excuse me, that Utah player last year. That Oregon. Uh, excuse me, Utah. I'm getting both those names confused. But you got, you know, Utah. You got Oregon State. Both both ranked ahead of Notre Dame right now. So look at that. Um, heck of a walk on offer and um, exciting, exciting for him because he's going to be on scholarship. I I would bet a dollar on that.
1: All right, you heard it there from uh from Tim Hutt. Um, Joey, we'll get to your super chat in a little bit. Um, we'll talk Sam Hartman. Um, in our, in our next segment after this one, but uh, Gator Bowl, Tim. Uh, Notre Dame's about what three three point favorite. Um, Gosh. and uh, I, I, I talked about this today, Tim. This is. I would never gamble on an NFL exhibition game. Like maybe i would throw it a buck or two, right? Just, just to keep myself interested in watching an NFL, like a preseason game. That's kind of how I feel about this one. Maybe not to that extent. Right. But it's, it's, I mean, Notre Dame's team is totally different than oh we've seen this season. I mean, the offense and the passing attack was drew pine to Michael Mayer. <laughs> yes. That's gone. Both players are gone. Um, Utah or us, uh, Utah, uh, South Carolina, Marshawn Lloyd, the running backs out, Jaheen Bell, they're you know a versatile offensive weapon. He he's not playing in the game. They have like ten guys out. Mike, it, it's 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 totally different teams. So it's it's like a preseason game to me. You know, pre like I went to the Dolphins Bucks game in Tampa the preseason, and two is on the sideline not playing. Jalen Waddles on the sideline not playing. Tyree kills on the sideline not playing. Like that's basically what this is. So. I don't know, Tim. What do you think?
0: Oh yeah, I—I I mean, seriously. I started. Um, I've watched a handful of the South Carolina games. I'm like, why am I watching these? I'm like, that guy's not playing. Two corners are out. Who are? It's funny. They were in the top twenty in like every single passing s- defensive statistics this year. Y- yeah, because those two corners are going to be in the NFL. They're not playing. They have a de- defensive tackle who is a five star. He he uh, he's going pro early. I think I read it. I mean, I. I've lost track, Mike. There's like an offensive tackle. Their best offensive lineman's gone pro. Two, what, three? I think it's three tight ends have already transferred at the other programs. A wide, wide receivers already transferred. They had a guy who played at Oklahoma, transferred to South Carolina, going back to Oklahoma. It's like, what the heck? So, and, he, and he played, and he's going back to Oklahoma, and he's skipping the bowl game. But it's like, but you're playing next year. Why won't you play in the bowl game, right? Who cares? I think... They may be up to 10 players that aren't playing in this game. Now, Notre Dame's obviously no Cam Hart because of an injury, but you're right. They well they, would, they're they're would, in they this would, game because of Drew Pine and Michael Mayer. You and got they're not Cam playing.
1: Cam Hart, Drew Pine, and Fosky. Fosky. Um, but you know, you also got uh
0: but the fact that so many are playing, I that's my biggest surprise. Is Patterson's playing, who's not going to be like, I've been hurt for the last multiple years, and he's playing. What does that speak to? Like, why? Notre Dame, Notre Dame. I think it's more that. I, I really do. I think, I really do. I think he's like, it's my fifth year. I want to go out. I want to get a bowl win. I don't want to be one of, I don't want to sit on the sideline and cheer. I want to play. Josh Slug is like, I've been here six years. There's no NFL, you know. future for me if I make a team great. He's been, what, 12 injuries in his career? I say that jokingly because Josh Lug has been nothing but a warrior for Notre Dame. I mean, he has played, he's played every, the dude is six, six, but six, seven. He's played center. It's like he's done whatever Notre Dame's asked of him and he's going, he's, he's, he's playing. Brandon Joseph is a big big surprise because you're like, all right, he's a transfer. What's he doing? But he's playing, which, Possibly it might mean he's coming back for a fifth year along with Cam Hart, who's, who chose to come back already, already made that announcement. Yeah, There's a, there's a lot of positives with Notre Dame's with guys playing. Now, obviously, we're, you know, there's going to be a lot of portal expectations. Some of these young guys, I for me, as a, as a Notre Dame follower and whatnot, I am extremely happy so many guys are playing. And then the other side of that coin is surprised a half a dozen other guys just you know, probably know they're not going to play and didn't leave early. Didn't do what Pine did, so I'm, you know, very happy for Notre Dame. Meaning, I think this is a big game for them, and it's one that they could definitely go out and handle. And anytime you beat an SEC team, I think it's awesome. So Yeah,
1: Pine, I, Pine's situation was different than the others because he has oh, a yeah. quarterback. You have to leave, right?
0: Yeah, but but others are are, are, are playing right or I. The whole point, well the whole point, I mean let's be honest, if you I mean about Pine, he got his he got his hurling, you know, his feelings hurt because he said we're going, to, you know, they told him we're going to recruit a quarterback. There's, there's yeah.
1: that sure, but if I'm Drew Pine, I know I'm not I know I'm not Sam Hartman. When Sam Hartman sure. enters the portal after his bowl game, he's got his pick, right? Drew Pine doesn't. So I want, if I'm Drew Pine, I want to get in that portal as soon as I can I so I can do. go get Arizona State, which is a really good landing spot for him.
0: Hey, I, to- I totally agree, and I said that at the time. When he, when he did hit the portal, it makes 1,000% is very smart move because he's getting his name out there, and he and he tripped with the Brigham Young and the Arizona State right away. So very smart move by him instead of waiting till after the bowl game because I don't think these guys could take visits until January 4th, I think I read with the dead period, but he's a, you know, early enrollee or whatnot. So they could take trips during that first week of January, but a very smart move by pine. I have no problem with what he did. It was smart. He's thinking long-term because he's got, he's got three years of eligibility if he uses them all. So smart move for him just to say, I'm done with Notre Dame. Thank you. You're honest to me. I'm honest to you. I'm out of here. And I think in the end, it's going to, it was good move by both sides. What do you think about uh, this guy
1: in this bowl game? This, I mean, this is the number one factor. Like, this is the most intriguing thing for this game, right?
0: Yeah, because he because we because he hasn't played in three months. So that's the other thing. You know, people are like, "Well, you know, it's a big game for Buckner going into next season." First off, this is, we haven't seen we haven't seen what he could do. We haven't seen him in three months. The fact that he was practicing, I think, at the end of the year when Free, when Freeman talked about that was a huge surprise is no one expected to see him till the spring. So the fact that he's playing now, but I also and I'm I'm really, really tempting my expectations because Buckner's strength is to run. Buckner's strength is to do the zone read fake, hold the DN from crashing, tackling for loss, you know, which we saw time and time again with Jack Cohn, you know, because there's just no fear factor with Jack Cohn. Buckner, you gotta fear. But to South Carolina fear him in this game? Because he hasn't played in 10 10 games. He has shoulder surgery. He just got you know cut on a couple months ago and now he's playing. So does South Carolina even think he's even gonna run the ball? So does some of that get taken away with Buckner coming back? Because my humble opinion, we're not gonna see the true Tyler Buckner because why would they run him out there? A guy who just had shoulder surgery a couple months ago. That makes no sense. So, what is this offense going to look at? My biggest question is funny. I wrote on a piece of paper was who is the security blanket in this game? I mean, Drew Pine had the best tight end in Notre Dame history, just to get himself comfortable and to hit in big moments and you know big games. And obviously, Michael Mayer had one hell of a football season. Who is it going to be in this game, Mike? Yeah, that is the wild card on top of Tyler Buckner.
1: If uh, yeah, if, if Pine didn't know what to do, he's just <laughs> close your eyes and throw it to eighty-seven. Just <laughs> get it close to eighty-seven, and, and something good might happen. Yeah. Um but yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah.
0: Definitely. But then the thing with Buckner is it was his left shoulder. So it's not like his throwing shoulder is anything. He's you know, he should be able to throw the ball, you know, have strength and all that stuff because it's his non throwing shoulder energy. But it's the the zone the zone read keeper is that's his strength because forcing teams to not go eight, nine men just sprinting every single gap against Notre Dame because you have a quarterback that can that can hit you. So I would expect some more probably some more play actions in this game because uh, they're obviously you're going to run the football like a madman in this football game. Super
1: chat from BC says if Buckner can't throw, when do you put it in jelly? Um... And that's going to be
0: the whole. See, I look at it like this. You got a quarterback who hasn't played, you know, ha- how about this? We have a quarterback playing in this game who hasn't finished a game since Columbus, Ohio. Okay. Game one. So let's look at it like that. Then you have his backup in this game, Steve jelly who was inserted in some games and they didn't even let him throw a five yard flat route, which I, I just never understood. I, I'm going back to the UNLV game. I, I'll never understand why they just didn't let him finish that whole game. That was just me. They're up big. Pine gets his head clocked, take him out. Let, let, let a jelly just go have fun in the second half and go beat the heck out of UNLV, but they didn't do that. So when do you put Angelli in jelly <laughs> in? We're going to find out in what uh, 48 hours because I have I have no I have no idea. This game at quarterback for Notre Dame is is going to be wild. So I hope they uh I hope they just spread it out and don't and don't allow South Carolina to try and stack the box for those reasons and uh and see if these quarterbacks can you know can hit some passes.
1: Yeah. Hopefully for for Notre Dame's sake you just get a a, a big time performance from from Tyler Buckner, and then you get uh, a a nice post Christmas gift from uh, from Sam Hartman in in the form of a commitment, and then you have those two guys duke it out, let the best man win, and and then hopefully one of those two lead you to a a national championship, and and then what then you have a, a jersey from one of those guys in Augie's locker room, Whoa. a signed jersey, even. How about how sweet would that be? So yeah, folks, if you are a passionate Notre Dame fan and you're looking for that special Notre Dame piece to complete your rec room, go to Auggie'sLocker Room.com. They have a wide selection of Notre Dame stadium pieces, jerseys, helmets, autographs, and one of a kind Rockney items. You can find exclusive Joe Montans. It's been a long day, folks. Joe Montana signed items and famous sculptor Jerry McKenna's uh, miniature replicas of the bronze statues you can find around the stadium. If Augie doesn't have it in store, he will find it for you. Visit Augie'sLockerRoom.com or if you're in town, stop in at 1811 South Bend Avenue and see the vintage helmet display dating back to 1890. Augie'sLockerRoom.com, 574-277-NDND. And I will just say... Um, if you're a Notre Dame fan in and, and you're in town, you really do have to stop by Augie's locker room. Even if it's just you can maybe you can't afford one of the big items, just go pick up a twenty dollar Auggie's Augie's locker room shirt. Like you know, in this this day and age where we complain about so much and we just we we root for the little guy small business, but then we go shop and spend thousands of dollars on Amazon. Come on, go to AuggiesLockerroom.com next time you're in South Bend. Seriously, like this place. Is the bomb, and I'm sure Augie would love to um, talk to you. Jay Prue says, "Uh, what a lead-in. Uh, I
0: try. I, I'm I'm trying to copy my guy Trey Yannity, who I do the that, was, shows that right. was really good. By the way, when's Augie going to do the Augie? You know, you know NIL deals with Notre Dame. You know, when are we going to start getting that? Talk to Augie. How is that not rolling? Right? Come on, just get some jerseys in there. You want Joe Waltz's jersey? Boom, Augie, hook me up. There you go. That should be automatic. There you go." Maybe uh
1: we'll, we'll have my people
0: talk to to their people or something. <laughs> exactly.
1: All right. Um. Let's let's talk about. Oh boy. Let's wait, talk wait about Sam Hartman. Um. And hmm, so many different aspects. Let's talk about the, the the kind of elephant in the room. Is does Notre Dame get him? I definitely think so. Um. Pete Thamel, you know, reported yesterday that hey, Hartman's planning on entering the portal and that Notre Dame's the expected landing spot. Pete Thammel is as close to gospel as you can get in college football recording. Like, he, he's he's legit. My sources are backing up that Notre Dame's the expected landing spot. And, Tim, we, you know, I, I'm sure you've read my, you know, when I've talked about transfer portal recruiting for Notre Dame, I've obviously said this entire time that I, I still expect Notre Dame to land somebody, even when they didn't get Devin Leary, and there was no buzz out there for for many players and, and Hudson card that seemed to fall through. And now he's headed to Purdue. I, I always wrote like, I still expect them to get somebody, even though it's none of these guys and the player they might get is, might not be in the transfer portal yet. Sam Hartman. And, um, you know, I, I believe some sec schools are after him, but um, I still like Notre Dame here. It just seems like Notre Dame's, and it, like the way this is going, um, it, it's going to happen after the bowl game. Like, don't distract from the bowl game. Um, at least that's what your hope is, and that it's not a, a case of well, he's uh, really just looking at other programs instead. Because again, I do believe. You know, I've heard Alabama mentioned with him. I've heard Georgia, Kentucky. I believe was in the you know w- was interested in him um, before De- they got Devin Leary. And then I know some folks are thinking. Mike, what are you talking about? He hasn't been in the portal. Well, I I think it's been pretty clear to all folks in college football that Sam Hartman would be entering the transfer portal. So, I mean, there's all sorts of, you know, I don't want to, what do you want to call it, back channel, whatever you want to call it. And I believe a lot of that stuff is, is legal, but all I will say is that Notre Dame does things by the book. So they're not tampering. They would not tamper like Notre Dame Notre Dame just does not play that um so I, I'm kind of spitballing a lot of topics here Tim but a long way to say that I do do like Notre Dame playing Sam Hartman and any thoughts of what I'm saying here
0: yeah by the way I mean tampering I, I keep hearing about this it's like it's not like yeah Freeman's talking to him if a family member right. talks to someone else and throws a you know, note through the window. That's not Tampa. I don't, I don't know. Exactly. We always hear about this. It's like, come on people, let's be real. These things, these, a lot, you know, a lot of these guys are going to places they may know someone or there's a connection from before. It's like, you know, who recruited him The Wake Forest? Should we say it? It's Tommy Reese's dad. So he was on the staff. That's been reported out there by, you know, media outlets out there. Damel talked about it. I know Matt Fortuna for the you know the Athletic has talked about this a ton. He's done, he's written features on Sam Hartman, and he's mentioned just like like you have SEC schools are definitely contacted him, but you know they expect to go to Notre Dame. So yeah, I mean it's like well he's not in the portal. It's not like these guys are all sitting back, you know. And it's like when when you're that elite, you don't just hang out and then throw your name in and be like oh let's see who contacts me. I mean, you start planning it, especially him. He's like he can go to the NFL. He's smart enough, good enough. He's going to make a roster, but he also wants to enhance that and try and get as high as he can and and whatnot. So that little and thing's ridiculous. But as far as him, the quarterback is awesome. Uh, he's he's good. He really is good. I mean, he was Wake. I mean, he is Wake Forest. So he is a one-man machine there. I, it's funny, I you know when this all broke, I was cleaning dishes last night. Mike relaxing and put on the put on the iPad, Clemson versus Wake Forest, and I just watched the, Wake Forest's offense, and I'm like, oh my god, this is beautiful. Perfect. I mean, he was a one man machine, bringing them back into that game. So it's a battle with him and DJ going back and forth. And um, I mean, i have seen it. You know, obviously when the news broke, his bowl game, so. It, it, I'd be curious about those ratings, right? How big were the Wake Forest bowl game ratings and the Gasparilla Bowl? So, I actually watched two minutes of that game. It's the only two minutes I've watched of any bowl games this year. So, um, actually looking forward to watching the Holiday Bowl when I get home tonight. But uh, other than that, I'm I'm excited. I think it's huge. Um, I'm the opposite of you. I think there'll be zero competition. Uh, he is the starting quarterback next year if it comes to Notre Dame. It's it, there is no competition. Uh, let's all right. Let's go right into that. There's none. There's none. He is the quarterback. He's
1: the quarterback. What, what do you think Tyler Buckner does at that point then?
0: Okay, I'm Tyler Buckner. I'm sitting back. I've started two foot. I'm going into my third start in the Gator Bowl. His third start since 2019. We're going into 2023. So we do not, you know, there's not a big time experienced quarterback there. Uh, you know, the, the COVID year wiped Buckner out, obviously, than the injury this year. For me, I hope Tyler Buckner is very smart about this and realize you're getting a higher gun. You're getting an NFL quarterback coming into South Bend for one season. Buckner knows he could be the number two. I hope Notre Dame is smart and creates plays in a, in a Tyler Buckner type of package, so to speak, to get him ready for 2024. Because 2024 now you got Katie Martin. I mean the 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 barn man this is going to be a wild wild west at Notre Dame, right? Is Minchie, you know, is, is Angeli going to be on the bench for for two years? Does he stick around for year three? You got five star CJ Carr coming in finally that season. So does that line up to be Buckner's year in 2024? And then 20, you know, you start playing these types of doors, but I I. I don't think Buckner would leave because I don't think he would. Why? He's going to be a solidified number two, to where if something happens, boom, he's the guy right then and there. That's that's my quick take on it. Okay.
1: As we were just uh, talking here, I I remembered um, something. I Covered Sam Hartman when he was a recruit. I, I used to uh cover Wake Forest, and um, look at that! Yeah, so there's uh Mike Singer, and there's uh Sam Hartman from I think his software year. Um, but uh, yeah, I thought that was interesting to kind of throw up there. That, um, yeah, I, I did remember that recently, and then it just kind of dawned on me, yeah, I probably have an article um on him as well. So, uh, yeah, I remember covering him, he was. He was committed to Wake Forest. Would that have been the 2017 class? Would he yeah, be the 2017
0: 2017? recruit? Yeah, he committed an entire year ahead of time, I was reading. No, this says 2018. So, yeah,
1: I remember covering him, and he was basically like the CJ Carr. Like, Wake Forest had a 2017 quarterback commit, but it was thinking ahead to Sam Hartman in that 2018 class. And, um, yeah, he was a really good high school player, I remember. And – um clearly has panned out as well but yeah tim i i am fascinated with the buckner thing it's always a fascination with who sure. what what quarterback would say like th- that domino the false pine pine was a domino right and sure. i told i told Goulsby, I was like dude i think pine will go oh no he won't go i would be shocked if he goes and uh for the first time ever i was right and ghoulsby was wrong on a topic
0: um but yours but you think Buckner would you think Buckner would stay? I would say he stays just because he's been out one entire full season. And yeah, we do love the drama. Look at that. Um I would say he stays because he's gonna be the number two. Going into his junior year, he's gonna be the number two guy. It's like and then I I, I don't know, but Buck, Buckner, I mean we can sit here until we're blue in the face, and we always talk about his talent, his ability, his, you know. He could run, he could do all these things. But, in, like, if he finishes his game, it's only going to be what the second game he finishes in the last multiple years as the quarterback. So it's like still so much inexperience. And if they get Sam Hartman, if this what's it, you know, I don't even want to talk about it and jinx it, so to speak, right? But it's like if, it, if this does happen, Notre Dame has a legitimate quarterback, one of the premier quarterbacks in the country.
1: You know, he, the most premier quarterback the ACC has ever seen.
0: Oh my god, he was the all-time touchdown passing leader. Only Phillip Rivers, speaking of the Gator Bowl, you know, torched uh Notre Dame back in 02 at NC State. So yeah. you got Rivers, obviously the all-time passing yards leader, Hartman's number two. He's he's an outstanding quarter. I mean, he was Wake Forest. He yeah. cared, he he won Wake Forest for Crying out loud, was in the top 10 a year ago, people. Wake Forest was in the top 10 a year ago when they were at 8 and 0, 9 and 0 at one point. So it is fascinating. He's a heck of a very accurate. I mean, we'll get into all these things once it becomes official and what it means to N.D. We could say a million things. But um huge pickup, huge pickup, and instant, instant offense because of his accurate issues. He wants to go downfield. The Notre Dame receivers are probably licking their chops like it's going to open up the offense. I think the offense is going to look completely different, and, and he's probably picking Notre Dame, I would assume, because – Notre Dame probably, you know, and a lot of people in the fire Tommy Reese chat out there is they run an NFL style offense and he probably wants to be a part of that for a year. That would be my guess.
1: What do you think about this super chat from Joey, which I definitely appreciate? It says if Hartman transfers to Notre Dame, could we see a two QB offense next year? I know it's frowned
0: upon. What I do would two. I I I wouldn't be surprised if they if they did a Buckner type of a thing, like they did with Jack Cohn, just to keep him going. Yeah. I'm not saying multiple times in a game or whatnot, but you know, if Hartman's, you know, if he's two for 10 to start the game, Buckner go out and, you know, run some stuff, have some fun. But if Hartman's out there slinging it and he's throwing for three thirty and four touchdowns in a game, Ride This guy, man, use the heck out of him. Use his, his name. Um, man, how, how nice it would it be to see Notre Dame have a quarterback in the Heisman hunt? Cause that's legitimate will happen. You yeah, know, the first three games are wins. You know, I, I don't, you know, <laughs> I know where we're going, oh, What about Marshall? What about Stanford? You no, know, if Notre Dame loses one of those, Hartman just, boom, go to the NFL and get the hell out of here. But uh, they'll be 3 and 0 going into the home game against Ohio State. That will be Sam Hartman's Heisman moment that game. Hmm. You know, you start writing about it. And
1: yeah, my answer to this, Joey, is he- I-, I say, hell no. Uh-uh. I don't like it. I like it if it's a maybe a game of Madden, and you're wanting to have some fun, throwing another quarterback to run around. But I don't think so. I, I don't. I don't think you run it. In, I I don't even think in like in the how Buckner was used as uh, you know kind of a gadget guy with Jack Cohn. I think Notre Dame needed that because of Jack Cohn's um, you know his what what he couldn't do.
0: Sure,
1: but. Sam Hartman can move. Sure. You know, and, and you don't want, I just don't want Tyler Buckner being a design run. I don't want him as a running back back there. Because he's going to get hurt again. I don't want this kid to get hurt. I don't know. I'm of the belief that, uh, Angeli could be QB two next year. Like if Hartman comes in, wins the job. Like I could see, I could see, I could see Buckner going.
0: Yeah. Um, and if Buckner goes, he's probably, where's he going to go? Mountain West school or something like that. Um, you know, you know, that's what I would expect. I don't, because he still has this injury thing. So it's not like wherever Buckner goes, you know, let's say Buckner went to you know, Cal Berkeley. I'm just throwing a school out there in California. This, you know, he goes back home, goes to Cal, you know, Pac-12. He still has the injury issue. He still has all those things they are always going to be in. So it's not like some schools like, oh, this is our guy. Heck no. Wherever he goes, they're going to be, no. You know, man, this guy's like one ankle sprain, you know, walk away, walking down the steps before a spring game. For me, an injury again, so that's that's going to stick with him until he proves otherwise, and he's not going to be able to prove it next year. But maybe he just keep getting better reps, practice reps, playing reps. I don't know all those things with Buckner, but um, the the battle you say in Jelly, the battle is going to be Minchy versus In Jelly. That's going to be the battle. Yeah, that's going to be the battle. Yeah. So this is
1: what uh, Tim always likes to do: chit chat about the future of Notre Dame quarterbacks, and I'm sure we'll be doing that all off season. Oh, man. So it'll, be, it'll be a lot of fun. But uh, so the lineup for our YouTube channel coming up, we posted, I think, three three videos, a couple of recruiting videos. And then um, I interviewed uh, a South Carolina writer to kind of give his, to get his perspective on the game from the Gamecock side of things, which I thought was really interesting, especially the first point where he talked about, you know, the kind of the fan base and how they feel about this game. So I definitely encourage you to check that out tomorrow. We will have uh, myself and Tim in the video, giving our final thoughts, observations and prediction before the game. And then Friday um, after the game, we'll have our post game show, Marcus Freeman press conference highlights, Tyler and Patrick giving their live report from the game. Um, so yeah and we'll get Ghoulsby on a show sometime soon as well. I'll text Ghoulsby once we get off the show and see uh, if if he can do a show maybe Saturday. Um, So, yeah, that's going to do it for this week. Uh, Mr. Hyde, definitely appreciate your time and and Notre Dame fans. Um, Very glad that you guys were able to, um, you know, spend an hour of your time watching, listening, um, and, and consuming our content here at Blue and Gold. Definitely hit the thumbs up on this video. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and head to bloomandgold.com. Just $10 to unlock premium access until the start of next football season. He's Tim Hyde. I'm Mike Singer. Appreciate you folks. And we'll catch you next time.
0: It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash.